The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. Now, most of us know that the United States Supreme Court has agreed to resolve the national debate over gay marriage once and for all beginning in May of this year. The slow and lately more rapid cutting edge of this issue comes as a result of the number of people who have come over time to be intimately acquainted with a GLBT person. Everyone knows someone who is GLBT, even if we don't know we know them. But when we come to intimately know a GLBT person as a family or friend, that knowing begins to create an openness and it's spreading. The political arguments never tell the whole story. It's told by becoming intimately acquainted with the story of someone, someone we could love if we knew them. Megan O'Nan is one of those people who has a story to tell, a story that allows us to see the person behind the label. Her book is called Courage, and she tells us that agreeing to agree is no longer enough. Gay rights is just one of the many areas of bias and discrimination that run rampant through our country today and our world. So today, we're going to open the door to a further discussion. But let me tell you first a little bit about Megan. Megan Onan is a lesbian living in Mississippi, one of the several states which has not yet agreed to allow gay marriage. She has bravely agreed to tell her story in a book entitled Courage, Agreeing to Disagree is Not Enough, an athlete who, athlete who won scholarships to college based on her talents, an active Christian with an active social life, a good family and strong friendship, she was broken apart by the power of her own coming out experience. Later, she and her partner moved back to Mississippi to face the challenge of coming out in the middle of the Bible Belt of America. And this past year, she faced another big fear, that of getting married to that same partner. She comes to the Authentic Living Show today to bridge the gap between Christianity and sexual orientation. She demonstrates the overcoming necessary to believe in oneself enough to claim one's human rights. So today is a show about human rights. Megan, welcome to the Authentic Living Show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, we appreciate your bravery for coming to talk about this issue, and it is one that is just on the top of the heap, that along with the issues that have come up with with regard to police brutality and uh, the African-American population. These are big issues that really do confront us with uh, our own awareness of differentness. So why don't you just start off with just telling a little bit about your story. How did you come to know that you were a lesbian and what, you know, what happened after that? Well, it was something I kind of always knew about myself growing up. I just was never able to put a label to it until um, I entered my college years and were surrounded by other people who were gay. It was really my first exposure to people who were gay when I um, went into college. So I was, uh, once I was exposed to that, then I knew 
pretty quickly that that's who I was. And um, I spent many years just trying to wrap my head around it and eventually um, had a girlfriend who was actually on my softball team at the time at Mississippi State. And that kind of, that opened that door for me. And I spent a good year hiding that part of me from everybody. I didn't want a soul to know about it. And so spending that year just really processing what was going on with me and trying to figure out how I was going to remain a Christian and be gay, the answers were just completely unknown. I didn't have anyone to talk to. So these were things that I was processing on my own. And um, after that year, I decided that I needed to tell my family it was starting to get out into the community, and I wanted my family to know before um, before someone else told them. So I shared the news with them, and it was a very hard experience for all of us. And uh, the community, the community, especially my spiritual community, was extremely hard on me. So and I think I probably have the typical coming out story in Mississippi that one would expect. And so um, from there, I I really had to look at myself and figure out what I was going to do and how I was going to live my life from that point on. And my goal really was from the beginning was to take responsibility and uh, not blame others and to just go out into the world and find myself and, and be whoever that is. So it really sent me on a journey and it's been about 10 years since then. And uh, that journey has been long and hard and wonderful and all the things that being human is about. So um, so that's kind of my story in a nutshell. Yeah, so this is going to be a really dumb question that I'm about to ask, but I, I want to <laughs> ask you for your experience. I mean, I, know, I have my own ideas about it as well, but why, don't we want, why doesn't anyone want to come out of the closet? What, what is that? Why do we hide it? It's complicated. I think... For so many years, I mean, there haven't been laws to protect LGBT people um, for so long, and it's just been a scary thing. And and I know for me and my experience when I came out, it was a scary thing. People come at you with their Bible and um, and telling you that you're a sinner, that you're going to burn in hell. You know, just throwing all of those verses at you that make you feel so horrible about who you are and nobody really understands or at least in my experience nobody understood me there was nobody who who got me uh behind that label so um it's scary because you're putting yourself out there and you're being vulnerable and you're sharing a part of you that really means something and people um in the past have just really just haven't been open to understanding. It's it's something that's unknown, and unknown is scary. Yeah, yeah. So it's scary. It's it's scary in terms of the. Uh, we've heard so many reports about physical violence uh, over the years, over the past ten, twenty years. Yeah. Horrible stories about people being really abused physically, um, and we hear bullying stories today of high school kids trying to be who they are, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, and, and not able to, to uh, stand to go to school because they've been so bullied. So that's, that's a piece of it. But what you're also talking about there is the, is the emotional abuse that comes as a result of, of the bias and discrimination that happens when somebody happens to find out that you're different. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that was, in my case, there was no physical abuse, but definitely emotional abuse. And uh, for me, I was a standout athlete. I was uh, an academic All-American, a National Street and Conditioning All-American, involved in community service. You know, I was just a well-rounded person. Mm -hmm. came from a great family. So for me to struggle so much with it really tells you what it must be like for people who um, maybe don't have that foundation to stand on. So, you know, and that's why I speak out now because, you know, for me to struggle so much and to feel so alone through this, I can't imagine how people feel who do not have the strength inside of them to really understand on some deep level that there's nothing wrong with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that nothing wrong. Okay, so one of the one of the things you are doing in trying to tell your story is to sort of bridge the gap between Christianity and sexual orientation. So, what do you do when they throw out those Bible verses at you? What do you do with that? Well, now it's it's something that doesn't really go in to uh, my psyche. I've been able to work through that, but when I was twenty two years old. You know, what I'm hearing is not the verse. What I'm hearing is judgment. And I'm hearing um, the judgment it implies in telling me that there is something fundamentally wrong with who I am. And when that goes in and you're unable to process that and unable to um, speak to someone about it, then you bury it. And when you bury that sort of thing, then it can come out in so many different ways if you don't take the time to deal with it and, and nurture it, whatever it may be. But now when those things happen, it really just does not bother me. Yeah. Um, but I, I know that it still bothers a lot of people. Yes. So it, it is, it's complicated and it's, it's tough and um, the judgment it applies is really what people are hearing. They're not really hearing the verses, at least not in my case. Yeah, so so now when you think about your relationship with your higher power uh, and your belief in Christianity, how do you resolve this issue? Um, I actually do not identify as a Christian anymore, and okay. that is that has been something that I've discovered in the last few years about myself, and I think just my study of different spiritualities, and actually after I came out of the closet, it really pushed me to study other spiritualities, so I traveled a lot, and I was able to experience a lot of different things and meet a lot of different people, and I really found that the truth of all religions is very similar, and so I really came to love so many different aspects of so many different religions and spiritualities, so I cannot even begin to identify what I am spiritually because I don't know if that exists or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm definitely very spiritual, and and love and non-judgment is the basis of what I believe in. So um, I don't know if that was that answered your question or where you wanted to take that. But um. yes, I, I, it does totally. And I, you know, there's I I do think there's a movement toward a kind of interfaith, inner spirituality kind of approach to uh, to this hunger we seem to have to make to touch our own souls, and, and uh, I think that, that that speaks to it. One of the things that happens when Christianity is used as a weapon is right. that it, we, we have to move back away from Christianity and say, wait, now I need to rethink this whole thing. And what happens is we find ourselves sort of uh, you know, doing the research you did and, 
and coming to our own conclusions about what's truth because uh, because our, our our lives and our souls call for it. So that's a brave journey. Exactly. And I mean, when you when you live in Mississippi and you grow up in Mississippi, you know, Christianity is what is presented to you as far as spirituality is concerned. So you don't I didn't know that there was anything more beyond that. And to be able to be uh, feel kind of pushed out of Mississippi was a huge gift for me because it gave me that opportunity to explore and to see so many other options and things that made me feel good about myself. It made me realize, hey, you know, there's really nothing wrong with me here. I'm okay the way I am. And, you know, I can I can make a difference. I have a purpose. There's there's more to this than than what I've been treated or how I've been treated and, and what I've seen so far. So, you know, I'm grateful for for being able to uh, to go out into the world and see that there's more. Absolutely, absolutely, and 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 I and I think that's one of the things. I, you know, I think you probably know I'm a psychotherapist, and I, one of the things that happens when I when I see people struggling with some kind of um, judgmental uh, rule that they have imposed upon themselves based on internalizing some external judgment. Uh, that what we tend to do is go, well, I should, or I have to, or I've got to. And, exactly. And, and the, the idea is sacrifice yourself for your faith. But if you don't really even resonate with the faith anymore or resonate with the, the tenets of that particular dogma or creed, then what do you do with that? If it's going to be real, it's going to be authentic, you've got to be able to, to find out what's true and false for you as an individual. Exactly, yeah. And that's something I, I think I personally still struggle with is just making peace with the fact that, hey, I'm in Mississippi, I'm not a Christian, and so what does that look like? How do you describe that? You know, what do you tell people? And I think what gives me peace is knowing that people are, uh, I think the power is in your actions, not in your words. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to me to be the person that I want to be. And when I mess up, not to be hard on myself in that process. So those are the challenges that I face now is just, um, you know, I feel really good about my sexuality. I feel really good about who I am in that. And um, now it's just, it's more or less just finding my voice that resonates and and works for other people and makes sense and, and those kinds of things. Right, right. Right, and and what you're describing is sort of, a, I'm hearing you go talk about what happens inside you, and I'm also hearing you talk about what has happened outside of you. And, of course, as more and more people are coming out and more and more people are talking about this issue, it does become a sort of open door for more conversation. So what do you want to happen with gay marriage in Mississippi? That's a really good question. Um, well, it sounds like the Supreme Court is going to take care of that for us, so... I think the real issue, actually, just last night, I went to uh, a Board of Aldermen meeting in Starkville, which is where I grew up, and they passed an equality resolution about a year ago that gave uh, protection to LGBT employees in the city and just, just basically saying, hey, we support everybody, everybody's welcome here. And a couple of weeks ago, the aldermen rescinded their vote on that equality resolution. And so last night there was the meeting for the community to come in and speak about how they felt about it. 
and um, I went to that meeting. And so it was really telling of kind of the climate of what's going on. You know, this I think the gay marriage conversation is is out in the open, it's on the table, and the conversations are happening. And it was a very long meeting, and there were parties from both sides who supported the Equality Resolution. Some people supported, some people didn't. And in the end, the, the aldermen um, decided to not support the Equality Resolution that they had voted in a year before. So it was just, you know, there's this back and forth, but I feel, along with the mayor, that uh, it was a healthy conversation. At least the conversation is happening. And even though it may feel like we're not moving forward, at least it's on the table because it was swept under the rug for so long. I'm just so happy to, to see people talking about it. And I don't care what they're saying. I'm just glad we're talking about it. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and really, that is the decision-making process of anything, even for an individual. If I'm trying to decide whether or not to buy a car, one day I'm going to land on, yes, I'll buy the car, and the next day I'm going to land on, no, I don't need to buy a car right now or whatever for whatever reason. And we're going to, we're going to sort of vacillate between those two poles for a while until we finally land somewhere. And that's, that's the way the decision-making process is for the public, too. So I'm really glad to hear that you're not discouraged by that because I do think you're right. The conversation is ongoing and more and more is yet to be seen. Um, but, I, but I do think that this, this thing about differentness in human rights is very, very interesting to me that you kept using the word equality resolution and they voted it down. It's like, mm-hmm. what did you say? <laughs> I, just, I don't think I you said they voted down to not to have equality. And, yeah. and you know, those those things are, are are just so, you know, to the to the mind of somebody who has explored, you know, human relationships and, and, and equality for lack of a better term, that just is mind boggling to think that we could actually vote against e- human equality and, and against human rights. And it goes right along with so much of what's happening now, if I can get political for just a second, in, in Congress with all the people saying we need to, you know, reduce Social Security and get rid of Medicaid and, and we need to get rid of the health care plan, uh, Affordable Care Act, and we need to, you know, we need to do all these things that will really harm the population of America, but we need to do that because um, we don't need to be supporting other people. We need to be taking care of our economy. And that's, there's just such a plasticness to that. So it's very interesting to watch this whole thing as it works together, you know, how we are evolving into something perhaps better and more noble than what we have been. So we're going to take a break after this, and we'll be back right after this. You want to hear more from Megan O'Nan. Stay tuned. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Could you be the next legendary leader? 
That question hinges on your courage and willingness to change. Join Maria Danley every week for Legendary Leaders Answering the Higher Calling. Be inspired by stories and legend and listen to legendary guests along with live channeling to help you answer your higher calling and become the legendary leader you are destined to be. The world is waiting for you. Step up and join the wave. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. With the divorce rate staggering in the Western world and a majority of men and women sleeping with someone other than their spouse, we need to look at relationships and marriage from another point of view. Listen for Contract for Love with your host, Lori J. Contracts are the best way to protect ourselves and our children from a society of broken marriages. You'll learn more about relationships than you ever thought possible. Tune in to Contract for Love every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. The Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. AIHT offers degrees in interfaith and interspiritual educational programs that enable you to not only find your own authentic spirituality, but to bring your unique gift to the world in service upon graduation. At AIHT, you can get a master's, doctorate, or ministerial bachelor's degree, and the doctoral programs are broken down so that you may get a PhD, a doctor of ministry, or in the Holistic Theology program, a Doctor of Theology degree. The programs in which you may get these degrees are Holistic Theology, Holistic Health, Holistic Ministries, Metaphysics, and Parapsychology. These courses offer depth and meaning to not only your spiritual search for truth and meaning, but to your capacity to bring your healing, loving, guiding gifts to the world. The population of students includes doctors, lawyers, healers, nurses, ministers, counselors, psychologists, social workers, nutritionists, herbologists, homeopathy practitioners, psychics, mediums, and many others who have a special gift but need to learn to hone it and credential it. It also includes students who simply wish to enhance their own profound spiritual journeys. What is most important to AIHT's model is the exploratory nature of studies that reach to the depths of all the world's religions, traditions, and paths, and even to transcend them to find the mystical core of them all in order to facilitate your own journey to your own authentic spirituality by utilizing as your text writing teachers spiritual experts from all over the world. You can learn more about what's offered by going to www.aiht.edu or if you'd like to talk directly to the admissions director, call Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. You know, Oprah says education is the key to unlocking the world, a passport to freedom. Call and get your passport today. And we're talking today to Megan O'Nan an out lesbian in living in Mississippi in the middle of the Bible Belt who has come to do- today to talk to us about human rights in general and about gay rights in particular. 
particularly with, with regard to spirituality and having come from a uh, Christian background. So, Megan, I have a, uh, a question for you about how it is that we let go of what other people expect of us. That's one of those big challenges that comes as part and parcel of the coming out process. That's a really good question. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's a process, and it's a process for everyone, no matter who you are. And I think for me, in my own experience, when I came out and I didn't have anyone and I was forced to really look at who am I beyond this, who am I beyond being gay, um, then really the only thing that helped me was silence and just allowing myself to feel whatever it was that was going on. So over the years, um, it's been it's been a process, and it takes a lot of time and a lot of patience, and there's so much more time and so much more patience left to go in my life. I mean, there's so much more to learn. And um, just in the last few years since I moved back to Mississippi with Claire, who is my wife now, uh, we moved back here about four years ago, felt called to come back. And there has been a lot of downtime and a lot of challenges in coming back. So I've really been challenged to practice what I feel that is true in my heart and a lot of letting go, a lot of putting myself out there, and a lot of just facing fears and facing those demons that were uh, placed on me all those years ago. So what's helped me is silence, has... uh, Nurturing myself, taking the time to do the work, having tough conversations, um, standing up and speaking when I need to stand up and speak, being quiet when I need to be quiet, and just really doing the best I can to stay centered in who I am and discovering who that is. And I'm learning more about myself every day. So, I mean, I spoke at that Board of Aldermen meeting last night. I was so nervous and I just, I love to speak. It's one of my favorite things. And I was so nervous to do that because it was my hometown. It's where I came out. It's where I experienced so much heartache. But the act of actually getting up and speaking really allowed me to let go even more. So there's so many components that go into letting go that I've experienced in my life. And letting go is just a continual process. So I know there will be more of those to come. That was an excellent answer. I think that was so helpful. Thank you so much. I, I, first, I want to, before I go any further into that, I want to ask, how was your speech received? When you talk about coming out in Mississippi, how was that received? It depends on the venue. You know, last night there was a lot of supporters there, and it was very well received. Um, I feel like all of the aldermen, even if they did not agree with what I was saying, uh, they, they were present. I had their attention, and uh, they were respectful. So, you know, uh, I've done several speaking engagements at Mississippi State recently, and I've told my story in depth and have challenged the audience, and people are really, really great about it. They really are. I think if you put your heart out there and you're honest and you're vulnerable and you're authentic, authentic with what you're saying, people respond to that. They may not say, you know, well, I think that your marriage is not a sin or whatever it may be, and that's not the goal. The goal is to share who you are so that you can let go, so that you can become a better person, so that you can make a difference. And so that's my intention when I do anything at all is, you know, how can I help? I don't want people to feel the way I felt all those years ago. No one should have to feel that way. What can I do to help? 
And sharing my story is the only way I know how to do that and to just be real about it. And people, when you give them the opportunity, they usually rise to the occasion. Very good. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm real glad to hear that. I do think there's more and more in the South happening that is kind of a grassroots movement, not even studied movement, not even planned or strategized movement, but just happening as a result of encountering people who you know and love, just like I said at the beginning, that are gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgendered, who are who you have you love them anyway and so now what are you going to do with this difference so you have to figure out something to do and it makes you more open in the process so i do think there's a lot of that going on but back to the back to the process of uh of you know letting go of what other people think there's so much in our world and it's not just about gay rights it's about all kinds of things particularly in um middle school and high school where it's how you dress and how you think and how you wear your hair and how you walk, and I mean, we're still doing that as adults, and I just, I mean, I hear people talk, you know, we're in a group of friends or something, and somebody will say something about, look at how, look at her, look at that, look at, you know, and I'm just, just so amazed that we still think so high school about yeah, how, yeah. about difference in general, and, and, uh, and there's been several people, several guests that I've had on the show that spoke to this issue of difference, and I, and I, and I guess, what you're saying is that the resolve to work through this comes from looking inside yourself and working with your own shame and your own, which is, uh, you know, you didn't deserve that shame at all, but, but shame that we uh, incorporate from the world and to be able to just uh, be with what you said, the silence and, and to, to, to be in that silence, be present with yourself and be learning about yourself. So it's an inside job first. Is that correct? Do I have that right? It has been, yeah, that's, that's what has worked for me. So um, definitely an inside job. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you said that so beautifully, the silences, and I think that's very, very important for us to be able to, to just be present with nothing, with the no noise, no no uh, involvement with the external world at all so we can get some clarity about what's going on in the internal world. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, like we were talking about in the break, it's such a fast-paced world. It's such a whirlwind. You've got the addition of social media that's really become so popular. And so news travels fast, word travels fast. You know, you can see, read something that someone says about you on the Internet, there's cyberbullying, there's, you know, there's all kinds of so much stimulation happening that it takes so much for us to just take that time to check out and to allow ourselves a chance to process. I mean, a week goes by, two weeks go by. If you never have time for yourself, I mean, I just can't imagine what that would be like now that I have so much time for myself. Um, so, you know, it's so valuable to just have that time to sit with whatever's going on. I mean, if if there's someone who is coming down on me for any reason at all, not just about being gay, and I haven't taken the time to process that, that's going to rear its ugly head, and it's going to come out, and, and I'm going to throw that up on somebody else, and that's not what I want. That's not, that's not who I want to choose to be. But I know that in order to get to a place where, you know, there's forgiveness and there's understanding, and I still understand that there's nothing wrong with me and I'm okay. It just takes time and patience and a willingness to just keep your mouth shut until you get to that place of forgiveness forgiveness, and letting go. 
Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that forgiveness letting go thing. Um, you talk about, in your book, you talk about transforming pain into love. That's a tall order. <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> I guess it's very similar to the answer I've given on the letting go thing. It's just a process. And there's an intention there. You have to know that that's what you want. And that is something I've wanted since I came out. And I've gone back to read my journals and what I was going through during this time. And and what I wanted more than anything was to be able to find a way to love the people who were being the hardest on me. And so that's really been my intention all these years to get to that place. And it's been a really long journey. I mean, it's been, you know, almost 11, 12 years since I came out of the closet. And to now finally get to a place where I feel pretty confident in who I am, you know, that's, that's a lot of years. That's a lot of silence. That's a lot of patience. That's a lot of waiting that was really painful. And so that was part of the process of that, of getting to a place where, you know, okay, I'm ready to forgive now. Okay, so I've, you know, I've said, okay, I'm ready to forgive now. So what does that mean? I go out to the world, I run into the person that I think I've forgiven and I realize I still have emotions and then, okay, wait, I haven't forgiven them yet. There's more work to do. So there's just this constant checking in that goes on and you just have to pay attention to how you're feeling. And eventually those feelings just go away because you've created that intention, you've created the space for it to happen, and it just happens over time. And eventually one day you wake up and it's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that's been my experience with not just myself, with many clients who've said the same thing. And I'm really glad you said that about the, about the, uh, you know, you go out and you see the person and, and, and you still have emotions and, well, I guess I haven't forgiven yet. So many of us think that and have been taught, actually, that forgiveness is something you say in your head and that's all you have to do is just say, I forgive you. And so then there shouldn't be any other emotions. And if they are, it's your fault that I have them. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so we 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 get stuck in this idea that forgiveness is something we should do, and therefore we tell ourselves that we've forgiven, and we haven't at all. Right. Yeah. And it's it's a difficult process, and it does require you to look at yourself because it is about you, and no one wants to look at themselves. And I totally get it. It sucks. It's just really difficult, but it is the only way to transform pain into love. It's the only way that I know that I have found that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And and that, and that it allows you to not only uh, be yourself, but to, to love being yourself, to not be ashamed of being yourself. So can you say yeah. something about that, that process of sort of just, what is that to be an authentic person? It's a challenge is what it is. Um, I think I had a, a mentor Many years ago, she actually died this past year. And that was one question she always asked me, Megan. She said, Megan, you know, who do you want to be? What are the qualities and characteristics that you want to make up who you are? She made me list this long list of these qualities and characteristics of who I wanted to be in the world. And so I carried that with me all of these years since I started working with her in 2007, 2008. And, uh, and I asked myself that. All the time, over and over, when I feel like I've closed a chapter and I'm moving on to a new one, who do I want to be? And those characteristics and qualities somehow stay the same over time. And um, so I've really clinged 
to that question, to those qualities. And so when I talk about who you really are, it's really those qualities that you want to strive towards, that you want to be. And so, um, you know, some of the qualities that I would say for me are compassionate, patient, kind, non-judgmental. So so those are some of the things that that I strive for in my life. And I sit with those often and, and and I think, well, did I do those today? How can I do them better tomorrow? And so, when it comes down to things like this, it's just a daily commitment, a commitment to yourself. It's a commitment to serving others. It's a commitment to making a difference in the world. And and commitment is one thing we like to run away from, isn't it? So, um, so yeah, I think it's just a daily commitment over and over, choosing it every day. Yeah, I, I agree, and I and I think that that it's interesting that you said to think about what you want to be because I think so many times we think first when we think about authenticity, we think first about all the things that we are that we don't want to be, and uh, I, I think it's interesting. I've done a study of the root language of of several of the uh, ancient texts um, from various religions, and one of the one of the primary root words for the old Hebrew word for God, name for God, is desire. Hmm. So. I really think that desire to be, the desire to be, if you put that together, uh, the the name uh, I am that I am is all about being, to be. And the word desire is, you know, you put you put those together and you get the desire to be. So I think that that is just so primary to the life force itself. And you're talking there about, you know, the difference between I desire to be and some fear that stops me from being and what my fears generally have to do with in this world today. If it's not some safety issue, it has to do with what do other people think. Right. And that's a big one for, for the gay and lesbian population. It's also big for anyone who wants their rights and is, not, is being deprived of them. And can I just go ahead and say this in this, uh, in this very uh, judgmental tone that I'm about to use here? <laughs> that, wouldn't it be nice if all the Christians who were judging you were thinking like you're thinking? that maybe we need to look at judgmentalism and look at love and look at how I can be who I am and how I can be who I desire to be and let me sit with myself and see if i am got that right. But so many of us aren't in the process of that. We're more in the process of listening to some external to person tell us who we ought to be and what we ought to be and how we ought to think and then judging other people based upon that without ever looking inside ourselves to ask ourselves if we agree. Amen. <laughs> and, and you know, last night at that meeting was a great example. And you know, there is a disconnect there between the two worlds for sure. There is definitely something missing. Something is not being communicated well, or like you said, maybe it is that lack of not taking that time, not really listening, not being present, not really looking into someone's eyes when you when you talk to them, not feeling what they're going through. So, you know, it boils down to compassion. And I think the biggest challenge for me in my process is having that compassion for those who are, who have been hard on me. Because that's what I've wanted more than anything is to be able to, to sit in front of them and have that compassion and to feel that love despite what they may think about me. And, well, you know, that, that's, that's, a, that's a tough challenge. Yes, it is. And let's stop right there. Let's take a break. We'll be back in just a minute with more from Megan O'Neill.
This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. What is spiritual spelunking? It's basically an exploration of the truth, our own unique truth. Every single person in the world has a reason to be here. Although we are told many things, it's ultimately up to us to figure it all out. The search continues throughout our entire lives. Join host Giles Asselin as he serves as both guide and companion on this journey. Nurturing the spiritual spelunker in all of us can be heard every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the program Inside Out, our outsides match our insides. Join host Beth Green along with co-host James Maynard for an insightful weekly journey that lets us all be real with no boundaries. We'll discuss current events, interview amazing guests, challenge old ideas, and see ourselves and our world more clearly. It's about you as much as us. So you're invited to call in, write in, and most of all, tune in. Listen for Inside Out, live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Are you a spiritual seeker? Have you always pondered the deeper questions in life? Have you looked at many spiritual paths and found some answers but are looking for more? The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse, brings you each week practical spiritual teachings and tools that promote self-mastery, higher consciousness, and the opportunity to connect with the Ascended Masters. Join Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy as we explore the universe of spirituality. Live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the 7th Wave Channel. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We're back with our final segment with Megan O'Neill, uh, Nan, today, and we're talking about this whole thing about human rights, about gay, rights for gays and lesbians, about marriage, gay marriage, and about the whole idea of differentness and what it is like to be an authentic person and to find yourself even in the midst of that kind of uh, onslaught from the world. Um, I wanted to follow up, before, well, before we go any further, let, let me ask you, if you don't mind, to, to share with our listening audience how they might contact you if they have questions for follow-up or anything like that. Uh, my website is the best way to reach me. It's got all my information, and um, the URL is couragethebridgetofreedom.com, couragethebridgetofreedom.com, and it's all one word. Okay, good. Couragethebridgetofreedom.com. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, connect with Megan on that website. Now, I want to go back to what you said just before the break about compassion for the people who haven't necessarily had compassion for you. Uh, I want to talk just a little bit more about that. Why is that such an important goal for you? 
I don't know. It's always been an important goal for me from since I was a little girl. I uh, I always, since I was really little, remember having thoughts about unity and um, just understanding that we are one. And so I always looked up to the Nelson Mandela, uh, MLK, Abraham Lincoln, all of these great leaders who really spoke for unity. And I've studied them over the years and always just so struck by their message and their lives and, you know, how they did it and what they did. And and so since I was little, just this, I've always had that desire. And so to actually come out of the closet and experience, you know, basically an abandonment or a shunning from a community, uh, it really pushed me to uh, learn about that more, deeper figure out who I was. And so that desire has been something that's been in my heart since I've been very small for whatever reason. Uh, maybe maybe the lesson for my life, but um, it's definitely one I take very seriously and it's probably the dearest to me for sure. So, Well, that yeah, you must have come here with that. That there's a um, because that's a it's one of the things that most people would like to shelve while they while they work out their other feelings. You know, I'd like to just forget about you for a while while I figure out lick my wounds for a while and figure out what I'm feeling in here. And and if I'm figuring out what I'm feeling, that would be a good thing. But a lot of us don't even go that far. So your compassion for those people who haven't necessarily had it for you is outstanding. And I really wanted to bring that to the forefront because I think. That is what gets rid of this whole thing about difference in the first place. These people are different from you because they don't agree with you and they're straight and they have opinions that you don't agree with and all of that. And you could say, well, you're different from me, so I don't like you. And you'd be doing the same thing to them that they did for you and perpetuating the problem. So there does, yeah. at some point, somebody's got to stop. Uh, yeah. And uh, one of the things that Martin Luther King said that I read just yesterday was, I, I prefer love over hate. And it's yeah, just so simple. Yeah, so I, yeah, and it and it does sort of reduce the fear factor too, doesn't it? Does do you see yeah. that? Absolutely. It just it kind of takes all the tension away. It it just I don't know. It lifts. It just lifts that energy. It just takes away. It takes away the fear. It takes away. It, I don't even know the correct word. I know I'm stumbling here. So, you know, it just dissipates. Yeah. Yeah, it does in the face of love. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a work. It's a, it's a work in progress. It, it, and, but I, I, I want to be clear that we're not saying to our listening audience that they have to shove themselves into place so that they can be more loving to people who aren't loving because sometimes that can be very dangerous and we don't want to perpetuate that either. But as you as you're processing through your own uh, feelings about having been abused or or hurt by someone else or misunderstood by somebody else, to be able to know that as you work with your feelings and your silence and your presence, you can come to a place, and that is its own forgiveness. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, uh, when when Claire and I moved back to Mississippi four years ago. Um, that's something I had to figure out very quickly was, okay, I'm going to be running into people who I know who have hurt me. And and I realized that I'm not going to not go to the grocery store or not go to the movies or not, you know, be a normal human being. So I've got to go out there and I've got to face this. And, and I found 
very quickly that, and I think I write about this in the book, where, you know, I'd walk into the grocery store, I'd see someone a distance, and they were someone who had hurt me. I figured out very quickly that avoiding them and going the other direction was more painful than just going up to them and saying hi and shaking their hand or giving them a hug and actually going face-to-face and greeting the person and taking that action is what made that tension dissipate for me, and it helped me grow. It helped me forgive a little bit more. It helped me to move on. And so, you know, that's true for any situation when someone's hurt you or you're not sure how a person feels about you or you think they have some weird expectations about who you are. The more you avoid those encounters, the worse it's going to be and the story is going to grow and you're not going to be able to heal. So I found very quickly when we moved back that that was something I had to do if I wanted to grow and move on and heal from my experience. And so, you know, that's I'm very committed to never avoiding anyone who scares me. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and since your uh, abuse was not physical, I can completely agree with that. So, that we again, I want to really relate that we don't want to put somebody in a dangerous position by saying you need to go up and hug sure. somebody who beat you up in the past. But Yeah, 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 exactly. But these are people that you had been hurt emotionally by, and you took the step. You know, people talk about turning the other cheek or being the bigger person, that kind of thing. What you're talking about even goes beyond that because what you're saying is there's an action that goes with my hope that says I, I need to not feel these feelings anymore. And, and, uh, and so you cleared the way for that. Do I have that right? Yeah, exactly. I had, I had, it was killing me to hold on to, to what I had experienced. So if I did not take that, those actions, the small actions, the small, very, very tiny little things, they added up so much over the years. If I didn't do it, then I'd still be sitting where I was. And that would just be really miserable. And I don't want to be miserable. There's so much to live for. Yeah, absolutely. So are there other actions we can take that set us free? Well, definitely one is to take time for yourself and to allow yourself an opportunity to process what's going on in your life and to just figure out what what's going on inside of you and who you want to be and just start there. I mean, that's, that's hard enough as it is. So if we can all just start taking the time to be silent and put our phones down and put the computers up and turn the TVs off and take a little bit of time every day and a commitment to that every day, things will shift. They do change. You'll start to see things differently and you'll get this inner strength inside of you so that when you do go out, into the world, it's a little bit easier, and you see people a lot in a different light. So that's what I would say. I mean, that in itself is an action that is difficult to achieve in the way our world functions now. So uh, I think it's just so important to us thriving in the future. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly, and I like. I really appreciate you saying how it just creates a transformation you don't have to push that river it just as you give yourself over to the silence some things inside of you just automatically transform and shift so yeah that's really beautiful 
You mentioned earlier having difficult conversations. Can you talk a little bit about that before we go? Yeah. I, I mean, the one that I highlight in my book is a conversation that my mom and I had. We uh, decided at some point, uh, because I felt like we were kind of at a, at a plateau in our relationship, and I just needed to revisit my coming out day. So she wrote a letter to me about her experience, and I wrote a letter to her about my experience. And it ended up being just a beautiful beautiful experience for both of us and realizing kind of where the other person was it gave us a chance to revisit it and let it go and have a conversation afterwards and I was really scared to ask her to do it but she she said no problem whatever helps you Megan and um, our relationship has just it's in a beautiful place now because of that conversation so you know you don't have to have a face-to-face conversation with someone you can write a letter uh, there's so many ways to have conversations with people that whatever conversations scare you. And I, my mentor always tell me, you know, have, have those tough conversations. They are what are going to help you grow the most. And I believe that to be very true. Yes, and that is one thing that, in coming from Mississippi, you have just slapped in the face of all the cultural <laughs> expectations. <laughs> because... In the South, there is a code that says, don't talk about it. Just don't exactly. talk about it. Yeah, and, and, when we, and what you just attested to is that when we do talk about it, doors open, feelings change, uh, communication brightens, and, and you begin to be able to really uh, you know, assimilate the changes and, and, and really be in those changes with each other. And uh, that's, you know, that's the kind of uh, difficult conversation that you had. And we're having a difficult conversation today with the world because we, don't, we can't hear the world talking back to us. But I, I, if there are some people out there who disagree, I would definitely love to hear from you and, uh, because your, your opinions matter just as much as all the opinions of people who do agree with what we're saying here today. Um, because this change is coming um, it, it's coming and it's not going to go away, just like with uh, the, the changes that Martin Luther King brought about with his bravery. Those changes came and they've gone and they're still here and there's still adjustments to it. And we are this change with gay rights is going to be the same way, that there's going to be a long learning curve for us as a culture to adapt and assimilate this change and to bring it into something that we can live with, including Christianity. Uh, not not saying that people that are Christian have to change their beliefs, but saying there's got to be a way to bring compassion to this issue because it's not going away. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Difference is our biggest challenge and also our greatest opportunity. And, yeah, I mean, for me, I don't want anyone to ever change their beliefs, whatever they stand for. I think all we're saying is, you know, to sit down and listen to each other and find a way to make this work because we're here. This is who we are. You know, we're always going to be different. We're always going to look different. We're always going to feel differently. And difference is always going to be the one thing that will never change in our existence. And we have to find a way to work with it. Yeah, absolutely. And and not talking about it is not how we do that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. And, you know, I think there's that belief, and we're going to have to go in just a minute, sad but true, but I think there's that belief in, in not just the Southern culture, but all across the United States and maybe even the Western world where 
we just say, well, if we don't talk about it, it'll go away. Or if I don't think about it, it'll go away. And that's yeah. just magical thinking, and uh, it doesn't go yeah. away. Yeah, if I don't pay that bill, it will disappear. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank, yeah. thank you so much for being on the show today. You bring a bright light to this issue, and I really love your courage and, and all the things that you've said about your own process of not just coming out but really being the spiritual being you are. Thank you so much for that. And thank uh, you. You're welcome back to the show some other time. So, and that's it for today. We've got that to uh, go. We'll be back again next week, uh, Wednesday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.